0: I ask them, well, what do you like about the program? Because I want them to sell me. Mm. And sometimes I'll ask them, are you sure you want to do this? Which seems unconventional, right? right. Where you're like, I'm pushing them away because I want to make sure that they know that they're in control of this, of this decision. That it's not right. me trying to get them to make this decision. Freedom, impact, money. This is the Closers Network podcast. Why don't you tell everybody what your name is and where you're from?
1: Uh, My name's Sam. I'm from Vancouver, Canada. Vancouver, Canada. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming down, Sam. Um, I'd love to know, man, like, how did you even get started in sales? How did I get started? Uh, I got a job at a big box gym many years ago,
0: 20 years ago. Oh, wow. And that's how I got started in sales. It it was not pretty to
1: start off with. How long ago was that? So that was uh, 20 years ago. 20 years ago. Okay. And if you don't mind sharing with the audience, how long have you now been a part of One Call Closers and how you ended up here?
0: Yeah, so I've been part of One Call Closers for the last year, and I got connected through uh, Ian, who
1: introduced me to 1CC. Okay, okay, awesome. Did you do any type of high-ticket sales uh, prior to like joining One Call Closers? Uh, not
0: necessarily, but personal training is used to selling high-premium t- packages, so in person. But, uh In terms of remote uh this was my first time selling online oh wow okay cool so
1: it sounds like you were selling at a big box gym about 20 years ago is that kind of what you did for for pretty much most of the time before you kind of got a gig like this
0: yeah so been a trainer for 20 years and been a fitness uh studio owner for about 15 years
1: oh wow okay so So. you run a bit you run a business a fitness studio yes that's correct that's awesome and that's up in canada up, yes, up okay. in Canada. Yeah, Very cool. Now, going from a, a big box situation and selling in person to having a transition into a, a remote and online high ticket sale, share with me a little bit about what that process looked like. Did you have any challenges? Was there mm-hmm. anything that you can share with our audience for that maybe can benefit them? Yeah.
0: There was a big transition for sure. I, I When I started, I was um, overly confident thinking, okay. you know, I've been a trainer for a long time. You know, I can do this what I learned really quickly was um, the volume is far far greater doing it remote the way that it is right so in, in one day I might be seeing 10 people in personal studio 10 is like in a month average so it was overwhelming in the beginning where you're seeing maybe over a hundred people in a month and that means you're gonna get a lot more rejection yeah. you're going to get yeses too. But like, it was overwhelming when I first started. So it's been quite the journey. Um, There's been moments where like, I I almost like at one point, I was almost burnt out. I was like, wow, this Mm. is, this is quite intense. So there's some changes that I had to make in order to overcome that. I'd
1: love to hear if you don't mind breaking down what you had to overcome and what some of those changes were.
0: So coming from the gym model, uh, we're taught to always be closing, right? So ABC, ABC, right? Anybody that <laughs> walks in, you're gonna you're gonna sell them, and so there's that pressure to perform, right? I was I was uh, very quota based, you know, very competitive by nature, and so you know what I realized though when I was jumping on these calls that you know not everybody wants my help, mm. right? So it's like I had to learn that. You know, there are qualifiers that I need to go through when I'm jumping on these calls. Like, I think about like, one, do they have a problem that I can solve that Mm -hmm. we can help with? Two, do they even want our help? And do they want our help now or they're months away or weeks away? Mm. As well as do they even have the financial capacity to pay? So all of those things, I I realized that it was important to kind of qualify that to see if it was even worth the time to continue that conversation. The sheer volume was overwhelming because I was also quite attached to this sale Mm. where it's like, I need to close this person. And that created a lot of pressure, um, a lot of fight or flight for me, where it's like jumping on these calls in the beginning, I had butterflies. Mm. I was like, kind of like, you know, going on a roller coaster where you're going up the tracks, you you get the butterflies, right? And then, you know, I don't know what's going to happen with these calls or how my day is going to end up. And so, you know, that was quite overwhelming for me where when I did close, I get really excited. And then when I didn't close, I would feel like crap. I'm like, you know, what's going on with my abilities? So Mm -hmm. there was a ton of emotions in the beginning um, when I first started. And eventually, I mean, I still did perform, um, but it did lead to burnout.
1: That's very interesting because I, I did feel like I've certainly, you know, have gone through that myself, like the highs and then the lows. And I'd love to know from you, like, how do you navigate that? It seems like you're you're in a spot where you, you've maybe found some stability, right? But it sounds like there was a moment where there was a lot of emotional instability. Like, what can someone do, including like myself, to maybe not feel that burnout, like, mm-hmm. and, and and essentially like, not have to go there, but be able to control and manage their emotions. So uh,
0: that's what I've realized that it, this is a, a game, a profession of managing those emotions. Mm. Right? You definitely need to manage that fight or flight. Um, keep those emotions in check when dealing with objections, right? Tipi- the old Sam would get quite apprehensive, right? It would jump in, try to neutralize that objection. And so I've realized that I have to stay calm on, mm. on these calls. And that way I can think clearer. I can come up with, I can speak what I'm going to say. I can articulate. So, I mean, it, it took a long time. I've lost my train of thought all of a sudden.
1: Oh, it's all good. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. No, it's all good. So it was just uh, like really just um, understanding like, so it sounds like basically what I hear you saying, Sam, is right. essentially you, yeah. you, you the way you manage your emotions is you don't get too excited when you hear, yeah. hey, I'm in the objection, yes. it's time to close. But you try to maintain cool, calm and collected yeah. in order to yes. be able to Manage that conversation from that point on when you're in the objection.
0: Yes, and so what I've also realized though was to focus on the process as opposed to just the outcome. Mm. And so, as a trainer for a long time, clients want to lose X amount of weight. Sure. You know, let's say they want to lose 30 pounds, and I mean that's a big goal. That's overwhelming. Sometimes there's a lot of pressure. Right. right? And if they don't, you know, achieve that, they feel like they failed. So I've taught my clients: let's focus on the processes. You need X amount of workouts. You need to meal prep once a week. We need to learn how to, how to cook, how to grocery shop. I apply that to my high ticket sales career to really focus on the process to ensure that I have a good outcome. So what that means for me is studying ongoing learning, reviewing calls, um, other people's calls, colleagues, reviewing my own calls. After each call, I do have a spreadsheet thinking like, how did that go? Like, what could I have done differently? And so just focusing on that process, like over time, I also know my closing ratio. So I know if I do X amount of calls, um, I'm going to generate X amount of revenue. So that took a lot of pressure off for sure. um, in terms of trying to close everybody. And and, and, as, and I, as I previously mentioned, it's also about pre-qualifying them. Like we don't need to spend that amount of time on other people that do not even
1: want our service. I'm 1000% on the same page. And a lot of people in, in sales have different trains of thought. But the first thing is, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm not gonna come on a call and within the first two to five minutes just be like, you're not qualified. I'm gonna spend 10, 15, 20 minutes mm. if need be to really better understand the situation, mm. but I don't have any trouble turning someone away and just letting them know, right. hey, maybe it's not the right time and almost like pushing them away. And if I get a sense where like, actually this person seems like they want it, maybe they just have buyer's remorse or they're hopping on a lot of these sales calls. They will reel themselves back in. Yes. Have you felt that? That's right. And it's always better to do it that way as opposed to try to
0: convince them that they need this. Right. So sometimes um, what really works well is, you know, let's say they said yes. I asked them, well, what do you like about the program? Because I want them to sell me. Mm. And sometimes I'll ask them, are you sure you want to do this? Which seems unconventional, right? Right. You're like, I'm pushing them away because... I want to make sure that they know that they're in control of this this decision, that it's not me trying to get them to make this decision.
1: 1000%. Dude, that's really powerful. And I think there's a lot of nuggets in there for everyone to tune into because I think what happens is a lot of people are scared to lose the deal and they're too attached to that specific deal or that specific person. Mm. And they don't realize, like you're saying, hey, you know what your closing ratio is. So if this call doesn't work out, all I got to do is take yeah. a few more and boom, I'm going to be right where I need to be. Yeah. I'd love to know when you made this transition and you came to One Call Closers, how has support been overall for you? If you can talk a little bit, whether it's your team lead, whether it's just okay. the company culture, is there any insight you can give to people on your, just your overall day-to-day and, and what that looks like from like a, a culture standpoint with One Call Closers? Yeah,
0: I mean, the way that I think of high-ticket sales... It's almost like you're on an island all by yourself, essentially, Mm. right? Because we're all on our own individual calls, right? Um, But like the help that we receive from our team leaders is is amazing, right? There's always, uh, they're checking in, there's daily meetings. Um, We have the ability to book one-on-one coaching calls, which is amazing because we get to review calls in terms of like what went wrong and how to improve. So like the culture, definitely, I feel... That I have a team of people who are in the trenches or have already done it that I can learn from, and 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 it goes the other way too, where there's other New York closers that you know I, I can also be a mentor towards, and so we do have these conversations in our DMs, and and that's another reason why I'm I'm here at the Christmas party in person just to network because I think that's valuable as well to have conversations uh, to. To share each other, like with each other, like the struggles that we have, because mm-hmm. there are str- struggles and challenges. The grass isn't always green. Um, yeah, it's it's been amazing. This community is amazing um, with like minded individuals. So I feel um, very
1: supported. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Yeah. How? So, is there anything you do that you can share with the audience on, like? Is it, is it just part of the trainings you attend? Is it maybe part of the school network? How do you stay sharp? Is mm-hmm. there anything that you do to continue to improve yeah. and just, you know, with the latest trends that are happening in the space? Yeah. So uh,
0: that's a very good question where, you know, as one of my mentors, uh, Pedro Schooling would say, never peak, right? You never peak, right? The it's, best it's, is yet to come. The best is yet to come. So it's important to recognize that. And so... I'm always learning, I have a a pre-call routine, like a daily routine. Like I I get up uh, at the same time every day, keep my energy level consistent, but I I read. I read different books depending on what I need. It could be mindset, it could be sales books, right? Just to get my mind correct. I also review calls, review my calls, my colleagues calls. Um, I also um, take care of my body, right? Take care of my health, because I find that that's important that I need to eat good food and get my exercise in, so I ensure that I schedule that. And in fact, I do schedule my meal times around my calls, mm-hmm. So I know that's super important. Because I need to keep my energy level up, and as well as I ensure that I get seven to eight hours of sleep every day. So, it's an ongoing process. Um, but that's what keeps me sharp and
1: gets me passionate about continually growing. That's awesome, man. And and, and you know, and you're talking and the different things you're saying, I'm like man, you got a lot of processes in place. Yeah. You do things very intentionally. And I think there's something to speak for the success that you're having because you have those processes in place and you're very intentional about them. Now, you mentioned books, right? Um, Is there any book specifically or maybe just anything podcast or or book-wise or information-wise like you would recommend to someone? Maybe Mm it's something you're reading now or something you just finished reading a little while ago. Is there anything you can share with people that might benefit them like it's benefited you?
0: Yeah, I mean... I, the books that I read tend to evolve um, as my career is evolving. Like um, the f- very first initial books, which was just recommend, recommended by another closer friend, was How to Win Friends and Influence People, mm. right? To to understand the human psychology, how to communicate with them. I mean, I've, I've read some Brian Tracy books. Um, there's some great fundamentals there. And then at one point in time, when I was going through the burnout because of the rejection, I actually read a book by Jia Zhang, it's called Rejection
1: Proof. I've never heard of that one. You've never heard
0: of it. So, rejection Proof. Yes, yes. So this guy, he would do random stuff. Uh, for example, uh, he, he had a soccer ball, right? He knocked on a neighbor's door, uh, basically asking him, hey, um, can you take a, f- a video of me or a picture of me holding uh, playing soccer in your backyard? Completely outrageous. Of course, people are going to say no. (laughs) And so actually one person did say yes. So he actually documents this on his blog. He does multiple outrageous stuff like going to a burger joint, asking for burger refills. Right. Of course, they're going to say no. Right. But he went through that process to basically to get used to rejection. So it's, it's an amazing book. He documents it on his blog. It's completely outrageous, random stuff that you would think that nobody would do. In his book, he shares with us that you get used to rejection and
1: mm-hmm. it's not
0: personal. So that book
1: has been pivotal for me. That's amazing, man. That's, I, I definitely want to check that one out. Hey, I want to take a quick break and introduce you to the Closers Network. If you're not inside the Closers Network yet, you should join us. It's completely free. And five days a week, we're going to go live with hands-on sales coaching so you can join our coaches live, get feedback to your most pressing questions, increase your monthly commissions, and also land better remote closing opportunities. We have everything you need inside the closures network to skyrocket your income. And it's completely free. If you haven't already, I would encourage you to join the 4,500 plus students that are inside right now, smashing deals, come mastermind with us. And all you got to do is just click the link down below. It's in the description for you and we can't wait to see inside. Someone that fears rejection, what would you tell that person?
0: I I mean I, I it's just it's part of the game. There's always going to be a re- rejection, right? Any s- sports that you play, there's always a winner or a loser. Yeah. So it's just part of the game and it goes back to once you know your closing ratio, you focus on the processes. You do X amount of calls and you're going to get X amount of sales and that involves rejection. Yeah. But like as Brian Tracy would say, I mean some will, some will Some won't. So what next?
1: That's right. That's right. And every no is closer to a yes. That's actually true too, as well. Yes. Yeah. That's that's the yeah. way I think of it. It sounds as well. like we're kind of a little bit about what the book is saying. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's really cool. Yeah. Do you feel like since you transitioned from going to an in person, you know, gig to now more of a remote online, that you have some more control of your time? Yeah,
0: that's amazing. Uh, being an entrepreneur for quite some time, uh, having to think of working for somebody, you know, was very uncomfortable to think that, you know, I would have to work under somebody else's hours. And so with this line of work, uh, I get to set my own schedule. And that is
1: absolutely amazing. So which I do not take for granted. For sure. For sure. I think it's one of the most beautiful aspects of what we do um, is being able to just take calls whenever you want, leave some hours in the day open. Maybe you have kids, you have to pick them up from school. It just makes it so much more convenient to be able to block off these hours. And no, dude, I can just make it up by opening up an extra hour here or an extra hour there, but ultimately having control throughout mm-hmm. the day, right? So what would you recommend someone that wants to get into high ticket sales? What advice like, would you have for them? Um, they're, they're really interested. Maybe they're fearing some of the things you're sharing about the rejection, this, that, but they're like, at least I want to give it a try. Is there any advice you can give to to somebody like that? That's looking to get into the space.
0: Well, I I think the high ticket space, most people initially and myself included is the amount of money-making potential, which is, I think is, is nice, but I think we have to also realize the why of them getting into this space. They Mm. need to also believe in the service that they're, they're selling, Mm. So that they have that convic- uh, conviction. So I think that's important as well. Um, I, I think anybody new getting into it, uh, networking is key, right? I, I think networking is important to learn from, to get a mentor. That's going to be important so that you have somebody guiding you in terms of how to get through the the trials and tribulations of high ticket sales. So I think somebody who wants to get into it, um, as long as they're passionate about what they're selling and they're authentic to themselves, I, I think um, they will do well, right? But if they're doing it for just a monetary reasons, the, the gig will be short-lived. 1,000%. So.
1: Yeah, no, 1,000%. I'm a testament of that because I, before even knowing what high ticket sales is or any of this stuff is, I was in a weird stage in my life, but I had found Pedro's uh, yeah. Koulian on Instagram. And dude, I, I didn't really know this guy. I had just been following him for a month, but I really liked the messaging he had. I was very attached to it. And I was like, man, I really want to see if there's an opportunity for me to be able to work with this guy because he was just talking about growth and discipline and this. And I'm like, all the things I wanted to be a part of. So I hit him up on the DM and he he responds back. He goes, hey, uh, I'm actually hosting an event in San Diego. It's a three-day event. It's called the Fitness Business Summit. Mm -hmm. If you're really serious, buy a ticket and come down and and see me. So I was like, okay. Um, ticket prices had gone up for the last week and I didn't know that at the time, but I spent like 1500 bucks to go down to San Diego, dude, from LA. So I went down there. The first day was so busy. I didn't even get a chance to meet him because there's so many people huddling to shake hands and ask him stuff. Second day, same thing. The third day, finally things cooled down. I had the opportunity to talk to him and to meet him. One thing led to another. I went to a vigorous, like multiple interview process and ultimately ended up getting hired and was part of the, the franchise company, but that everything you're saying is surrounding yourself, right? And, and following these people, being in these environments, that's, that's a testament of what I did. And I ended up having a great offer to sell for a great team, great training that gave me all the tools and equipped me with everything I needed in order to be able to have success in high ticket sales. So I think there's, there's definitely a lot there. And a lot of people, you know, I would love to hear your opinion on this, but they're just fear taking that step you know, and they don't want to um, get out of their comfort zone and do something they haven't done. But I mean, I feel like if you have a yearning, you have a desire to make a change and do something like you just need to kind of trust your gut a little bit and take a little bit of risk. Right. That's maybe calculated and whatnot. But in doing that, I do feel like a lot of what you want is in that growth and on the other side yeah. of what you're looking yeah. for. Would you would you kind of agree with that?
0: Yeah, the growth happens uh, outside of your comfort zone, mm-hmm. right? And this is an ongoing journey. I mean, I've only mm-hmm. been in high ticket sales for a year, but I'm learning as this goes along. You know, once you know you solve one problem, you get another problem. That's part of the growth process. Mm-hmm. So it's just have to embrace it. And I mean, if, if you become complacent, then you stop growing, right? That's so, right. Being out, get, getting out of your comfort zone is part of it.
1: Yeah, solving problems and and one of my early on clients in real estate when I had started told me a, a doctor who worked in the in the Glendale uh, Adventist ER department, Doctor Anthony Cardillo, he gave me some wisdom that still sticks with me today. But he said, "Mike, uh, we were at a we were we were at this house and there was an older man there that was looking to sell his house and he was looking to buy it. I was kind of mitigating the the whole transaction." And the, the, the person, uh, the older gentleman, he started, like, not feeling good. He was taking different medications. And the doctor immediately knew what was going on. He's just versed in it, right? He's a ER doctor, so he's used to just dealing with anything that comes his way in that moment in time. And in that moment, as the ambulance was coming, he said, you know what, Mike? In life, he said, there's a lot of problems, right? But I want to tell you something. He said, every single problem is solvable except one. And he said, unfortunately, that's death. But he's like, dude, if you just have the mindset of knowing that every other problem you're dealing with today, it's this tomorrow. It's that you think like you're saying, hey, you have this problem today, dude, life's going to hit you with another problem tomorrow. So I I feel like if we just have that mindset and understand that, like we can overcome those challenges a lot more easily, you know, so are you part of the closers network in school? I am. Okay, cool. Cool. Would you share a little bit um, with the audience, what your experience has been in there? What type of maybe value got in? Yeah. And for someone looking to get started in sales, I think that's a, an ultimate great starting point because number one, it's free right now, right? There's a lot of resources. We do five days of live trainings. Uh, I do like the Wednesday, we have a lot of other great trainers, but uh, you know, is there anything you can share with them about the the school net, uh, the, the yep. closers network in school?
0: Oh, that, that is a great community uh, to be part of, especially, I mean, it's free. I mean, that type of training, other places would charge like $10,000, right? Mm. You're being trained with people who are still in the trenches, people who actually have a track record, who've been in it for a long time, but better yet, you're also networking with other people who are just getting started, just like yourself, and networking with other people who've been in the industry for a long time. So it's an amazing community where you can go there for help, for advice. Uh, you got the opportunity to role play, to get feedback. So definitely um, if you're not part of that network, uh, join, take advantage of it. Cause there's so much value, so much content that's gonna help uh, with your high ticket career.
1: There you go, there you go. Um, you mentioned Pedro earlier as maybe a mentor figure for you. Is there anyone else that has been, you know, Brian Tracy you brought up Um, Is there anyone else that you feel like has had a big impact on you? Maybe it's just a following on Instagram or Facebook or YouTube. Is there anyone that comes to mind where you feel like, man, it would be really good for somebody else to be able to to follow this person's message? There's a lot of
0: mentors that I've had, even in the fitness industry. Um, I mean, like Pedro's probably the most impactful, right? He's basically shifted my... Mindset in terms of what's possible, getting me out of my comfort zone because um, I come from a traditional immigrant, you know, family where, you know, entrepreneurship is frowned upon, right? And mm. So he's he's taught me to to get out of my comfort zone to take imperfect action. You know, you mm. see, I'm, I'm a big perfectionist, but mm. I've learned over time is to take action and then fix it later. So I think Pedro's has been probably the most impactful on my career to date uh, with the fitness business as as well as even the high ticket space, so.
1: I agree, I agree. I also come from a traditional family, a little bit more entrepreneurial in the sense like my dad had you know, businesses, he ran mechanic shop, gas station, et cetera. My mom with the mindset of more school, 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 you gotta go get a degree and do something. But just navigating that was for sure challenging and I also am a perfectionist. So Pedro's definitely had a tremendous impact when I went and worked for him, man, it was just like constantly, like everything I was taught, I had to unlearn, mm-hmm. which was sometimes hard. Yeah. But then being in that environment and doing it and surrounding yourself with those people, it's just like you're able to do it a lot more yeah. easily and unlearn some of those bad habits and mm-hmm. and learn what you should you know, mm-hmm. be doing. And it's, it's been huge on my life. I've had a huge impact in just, like you said, taking action and then course correcting, right? Along the way, making the necessary adjustment changes instead of sitting there, not doing anything about it, but overthinking and and not taking the action, right? I'd love to know, like, is there anything we haven't really discussed that you feel like you would love to share with the audience about yourself or about sales or just anything you feel like might bring bring value to us?
0: Yeah, I think um, what I'm learning with uh, this process the ongoing learning, you know, studying other people's calls, we get caught up sometimes learning a lot of strategies, mm. right? And that can be overwhelming. And we try to utilize when I learn something new, we're very eager, I'm going to use it on next another call, right? And so, what I've realized, okay. um, so for example, I'm a martial artist for quite some time, and so, really? um, kickboxing, taekwondo, boxing, but, um, there's a lot of techniques that. I've learned over time, but I I don't use it in every sparring or or fight match. And so I think of it that way, where when I'm on a call, you're not trying to force a technique, you know, that doesn't fit. So I've learned that that will naturally come out um, when I'm authentic and and true to myself, that naturally just comes out. Like what you see on the calls is what you see in person. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to have that, that consistency, that congruency as well.
1: Yeah. Dude, that's powerful. That's really powerful. I just want to probably end it on that because I feel like that alone, just to give you a different perspective that I certainly didn't have, uh, is huge for for our audience members to hear with the tangible example. So that being said, Sam, is there uh, anywhere where uh, people can follow you and your journey? You've been in high ticket for a year now. Where can people follow the rest of your journey? Can you follow me on Instagram, in the school, um, uh, uh, Closers Network, in school, if you don't mind just sharing a little bit about where people can follow that journey.
0: Yeah, you can find me, uh, Sammy No Fitness, on Instagram. I'm also on LinkedIn, also on Facebook. So happy to connect and uh, network and you know, learn from you as well.
1: And if I can deliver any value, I'd be happy to do so as well. Awesome, man. Well, really excited for the Christmas party we got lined up on Saturday. Thanks so much for flying out here um, and getting this podcast done with us. We're excited, man. We hope to have you back here pretty soon. All right. Thanks for having me. Awesome.